Hello, welcome to the Michael Slate Show. My name is Sansara Taylor. I am your guest host again this week. And let's get started with this in commemoration of Juneteenth. White supremacy and capitalism. They have been completely interwoven and tightly stitched together through the whole development of this country down to today. To attempt to really put an end to white supremacy while maintaining the system of capitalism would tear the entire fabric of the country apart. White supremacy and capitalism. It is not possible to overcome and finally abolish the one without overthrowing and finally abolishing the other. Now, we got a lot coming to you in today's show, but I want to start out with a flashpoint of the ongoing escalating outright war on the rights and the lives of LGBTQ people. I want to bring you a little bit of sound from Luna Hernandez of the Revolution Club in Los Angeles out in front of Dodger Stadium. Why was she in front of Dodger Stadium? Because thousands of Catholic fascists were protesting the Dodgers and spreading their theocratic anti-LGBTQ bigotry, condemning the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Let's listen to Luna. And there's thousands of anti-gay Christian fascists protesting the Dodgers game today because the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a group of drag queens that dress like nuns and help the LGBTQ community, are being recognized inside. We are out here because we are saying stop the fascist attacks and demonization of LGBTQ people. We refuse to accept this system's future. A better world without oppression and exploitation is possible. Now's the time to get organized for revolution. This is some Christian fascist bullshit. And people have to wake up. Our side is way too silent. At a time when these motherfuckers are in the highest halls of power, and the highest halls of power taking away the rights of LGBTQ people, taking away the rights of women, taking away the rights of black and brown people. These people come out in droves when you just have drag queens dressing up like nuns. These people want a one-sided genocide against all the people they hate. And we, all the decent people, we have to rise up, we have to resist this, we have to defend our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. We have to defend black and brown people. We have to defend women from getting their rights taken away. And we have to do this as part of making an actual revolution to overthrow this whole fucking rotten ass system that gave birth to this monstrosity and all of the thinking and all of the ugliness that was baked into this country from day one. We need a whole different constitution. The U.S. Constitution, an enslaver's constitution, which we know founded on white supremacy, male supremacy, and we need to fight for a world where all traditions change are broken, where patriarchy and the oppression of women and, and people of different genders and sexuality is gone for real. And that is only gonna be if we get organized right now to overthrow the whole system of capitalism and imperialism, uproot it and replace it with the constitution for the new socialist republic in North America, authored by Bob Avakian. That's what all of you decent people need to get with right now. And we're recruiting because this cannot stand right now. This cannot stand and all of us need to come together against this shit. Now, I also want to share with you what the L.A. Revolution Club tweeted. They said, quote, the Rev comes at Dodger Stadium on Pride Night, standing against thousands of Christian Catholic 
fascists protesting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Our side should have had thousands. Wake up, people. Now's the time to stand up against these fascists. Time to get organized for real revolution. End quote. And let me just add a note of my own. These Catholics outside Dodger Stadium are not ordinary Catholics. They're not people just wanting to practice their own religious beliefs and their own lives and their personal way of going through the world, which is fine and everybody should have the right to do. They are theocrats. They are Christian fascist organized Catholics, just like the Moms for Liberty are not, quote, concerned parents, but are also fascists assaulting school boards and LGBTQ rights. And the chance for decent people to stand up to and stop these fascists will not last forever. So we'll get into this more as we go through today's show. And in fact, our first major segment is an editorial and commentary from Andy Z, the main host of the Revolution Nothing Less show at youtube.com slash the revcoms, talking about the major escalation of the showdown that is coming in this country that has been sparked by the indictment and the response of Donald Trump and his fascist supporters. Let's listen to Andy Z. We open today's show with the first federal indictment of a U.S. president in history, and actually the first indictment, save for a ticket of President Ulysses S. Grant for speeding in a horse-drawn carriage down the dirt streets of Washington, D.C. in 1872. But the arrest of Donald Trump is a big deal, a really big deal. Donald Trump has been indicted. Indictment of former President Trump. A former president is charged with a federal crime involving national security for the first time in American history. On 37 felony criminal charges, including repeated violations of the seldom cited Espionage Act. Trump is accused of breaking the law by not just keeping top secret documents and refusing to return them to the government, but lying and covering up that he did so. He's accused of very serious crimes that were they committed by an ordinary citizen who somehow had access to such documents would be tried and sent to jail for years. The indictment and the response to it and what will unfold over the next period is, as I began, a really big deal, a key factor and a concentration of the divide at the very highest levels of the U.S. government between the fascist Republican Party that represents a section of the ruling class who feel that to hold this country together, there is a need to more thoroughly and even more brutally enforce the white supremacy, patriarchy, xenophobia, rabid American chauvinism, and the unrestrained plundering of the environment. All this bound together with the system of capitalism imperialism we live under and is woven into the very political fabric of this country. This fascist program is cohered with an almost mystical biblical literalism. Huge changes in the world and this country have frayed the country's foundation. For this section of the ruling class, even the reforms and concessions to inclusion in the power structures and throughout society are intolerable. At its core, they seek to impose a Christian fascist theocracy brought in by the anointed Trump who will shatter all norms. Tens of millions of people are believers and are being prepared to fight for this with their MAGA hats and their t-shirts that say guns, God, and Trump. The other section of the ruling class represented by the Democratic Party has no real answer for this, except 
trying to maintain the normal way that the oppression of this system has been enforced for hundreds of years. The problem is, the fascists no longer believe in and are determined to tear up those norms and rule through more openly and aggressively oppressive means without the traditional disguise of supposed democracy for all. So let's watch what Trump and his fascist minions in Congress and out of Congress and the MAGA mobs on the streets said in response to his indictment and at the arraignment. Today we witness the most evil and heinous abuse of power in the history of our country. Very sad thing to watch. A corrupt sitting president had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty. Right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly. This is called election interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. He made the decision to indict the former president and they made the decision to interfere in this election. You want to talk about an insurrection? This is an insurrection. We're not going to stand for it. Republican Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona posting this this afternoon, uh, quote, we have now reached a war phase, eye for an eye. The charges are nothing compared to the charges that Biden should be confronting. If they want to fight, bring it. January 6th is going to look like a playground. You got a classified document concern with Clinton, Biden, and Trump. So three people involved in the same thing, but only one gets prosecuted? How is that justice? We are, we're at war, people. If you want to get to President Trump, you're going to have to go through me, and you're going to have to go through 75 million Americans just like me. And I'm going to tell you, yep, most of us are card-carrying members of the NRA. That's not a threat. That's a public service announcement. A public service announcement indeed. Pause on what you just watched. It drips from every sneer from Trump. From the others, every acidic comment from these fascists that they are not playing by the norms of what has been and that they are prepared and are preparing for a radically different and murderous future. But what about the Democrats' response? Let's begin with the leading Democrat in the Senate, Chuck Schumer. Madam President, last Friday, the Department of Justice announced Donald Trump had been indicted on 37 counts related to his mishandling of classified documents. One only has to listen to the statements from former Trump National Security Advisor John Bolton and Trump's former Attorney General to know just how serious this indictment is. As I've said before, no one is above the law, including Donald Trump. This case must be allowed to play out through the legal process without outside political or ideological interference. I encourage both supporters and critics of Donald Trump to maintain the peace and let the justice system do its work. At the risk of taking a cheap shot, I imagine after hearing Chuck Schumer, Trump and the fascists must really be trembling. But we need to look deeper at the substance of what really is at the heart of Senator Schumer's concerns. On message, 
Jamie Raskin, the top Democrat on the House of Representatives Oversight Committee, said pretty much the same thing, that Trump, quote, put our national security in grave danger as he pursued yet another lawless personal agenda by pilfering and hoarding government documents, end quote. An article on our website this week, Revcom.us, responds, quote, Well, what is this national security? Let's look again at some of the material that Trump is accused of mishandling. Plans to wage nuclear war. Plans to invade Iran. And who knows what else? National security in the U.S. has always meant nothing but violently enforcing and defending a worldwide empire of exploitation and oppression by any means necessary, including nuclear war, which could end the very existence of humanity. Keep in mind, as we have exposed on the RNL show over the past year and a half, that at the core of President Biden's and the Democratic Party's vision of cohering the country together is through waging a dangerous proxy war in Ukraine against Russia and ratcheting up war moves against China. This is no less American chauvinist, America with its foot on the neck of the people of the world, than the Trump Republican fascists. But not so much with the USA, 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 draped in red, white, and blue, but with the honeyed words of democracy and human rights against authoritarian autocracy. Look, I'm not going to mince words. For those of you who are watching and for the tens and the hundreds of millions who don't like all of what they might condescendingly refer to as mindless patriotism, The delusion that we are the good guys because we stand for freedom and democracy is A, not true, B, more dangerous because it is even more widespread, including among too many who bear the brunt of this system's boot, and C, to get more to the heart of the matter, because this is precisely how people who do want to stand for justice will board the pirate ship America, which the poet Abi Odun rightly said was a terrorist. The indictment of Trump underscores what Bob Avakian analyzed in something terrible or something truly emancipating, which is the roadmap to revolution in this moment. Listen to what he says of the divisions in the ruling class that are reflected all the way down through the country. These divisions cannot be resolved within the framework that has existed and has held things together for nearly 150 years since shortly after the end of the Civil War, which led to the abolition of slavery. They cannot be resolved on the basis of the capitalist democracy that has been the normal means of capitalist rule, dictatorship, for so long. And this rare situation, with the deepening and sharpening conflicts among the ruling powers and in the society overall, provides a stronger basis and greater openings to break the whole of this system over masses of people. It is extremely important to deeply understand this. As this situation develops and the ruling class is more and more unable to rule in the old way, society and daily life for masses of people 
from different parts of society can become increasingly unsettled and chaotic with frequent disruptions of the normal way things have been. Baba Vakin goes on to say that as society is increasingly ripped apart, this can shake people's belief in the system, opening them up to questioning whether things always have to be this way. And that here is where, if there's a revolutionary force with a program for a radically different way the world could be, that could be decisive in radically changing the polarization in society from one of just between the Democrats and the fascists, two forms of ruling an oppressive system to one where millions of people are supporting and joining the struggle for a real revolution. So look, recall what you saw at the beginning of this commentary. Carrie Lake, a favorite of Trump's, telling Biden, the Democrats, and the media that you're going to have to go through me and the millions of NRA members. There's going to be no reconciling with these forces. The divide that runs through this country from top to bottom will not be resolved except in a horrific way if we leave this to the normal processes of this system. For those who hope that the trial of Trump will finally put this to rest, think about the ultimate deciding court for this indictment. You know, that's the Christian fascist Supreme Court that overturned Roe versus Wade. And recall what you heard and saw that these are forces who are gathering for an all-out struggle, one way or another. At the end of the article on the Trump indictment on Revcom.us, we say this, quote, We have the roadmap, the strategy that can enable us to bring forward the needed millions. And we have a rare and unique leader in Baba Vakian to lead this. So here, in this fateful week, is the challenge. If you are already part of this movement for revolution in any way, it is time to way step up your game to a whole other level and to work with others to do the same. If you are one who has been watching this movement at a distance, that time should be over. You need to take the next step forward. And if you are just coming to this for the first time, get into it. Yes, do your homework, but do it now. Dig into the Bob Avakian interviews that we did on the RNL show. Watch the RNL show every week. Donate and raise funds from others to support this work. Tune into the live stream on Sunday the 25th and on July 16th. And then step in yourself. Bring your dreams and your ideas and your desire to change the world for real to the Revcoms. You can write us right here at the RNL show at the Revcoms at gmail.com. So now we want to go to the second interview that Sansara and I did with Bob Avakian this past fall. He brings a whole other dimension to this part of the analysis he developed in something terrible or something truly emancipating on this split in the ruling class and the potential that exists in this time to bring forward a truly emancipating future. So let's watch. Let me remind you that you are listening to The Michael Slate Show. That was Andy Z, the main host of The Revolution Nothing Less Show at youtube.com slash therevcoms. And like he said, we are now going to jump into the excerpt that he just introduced of the interview on The Revolution Nothing Less Show with the revolutionary leader Bob Avakian. Let's listen. As I've written, you know, in the work he referred to, something terrible or something truly emancipating, 
There's also what's going on within this country with the divisions within the ruling class, which are unprecedented, haven't happened, you know, before, since the Civil War, essentially. And, you know, these are getting sharper all the time. And, and now left to itself, of course, that's very bad. It can only lead to a very bad outcome because one of these, you know, one section of the ruling class represented by the Republican Party is an openly fascist party. It's openly white supremacist, misogynist, patriarchal, male supremacist, male supremacist. You know, right down the line, it's like openly and aggressively, you know, insisting upon oppressive relations and the violence to back that up. You know, and, you know, repeatedly you hear, you know, Republican Party politicians encouraging violence while they have this base of millions of people out there who are, you know, chomping at the bit to commit violence, to get rid of all this stuff where, you know, any kind of possible concession of any limited kind to the struggle against white supremacy, you know, and male supremacy and so on. You know, they just, you know, they can't stand the idea that, you know, gay people are out of the closet and now there's trans people asserting their rights. They just can't stand this. And to them, you know, this, this, they regard this as existential. They regard this as a, as a way the country is going that is totally unacceptable to them. It's not worth living in if this is the way the country goes, even with these minor concessions, while all this oppression is by, by no means eliminated and is, you know, powerfully enforced by the workings of the system. But even minor talk about concessions to it is too much for them. And as I pointed out, you know, when we were talking before, you know, this is driven by Christian fundamentalists, Christian fascists. Let's not, let's not call them Christian nationalists. Yes, they're American chauvinist nationalists, but they're fascists. They're Christian fundamentalist fascists, you know, who want a theocratic society. That means a society ruled by religious authorities, namely, you know, religious authorities of the type that they are and that they recognize as legitimate. That's what they want. They want, you know, what's that Bobert, that congresswoman, you know, said, you know, that, that we shouldn't have any more of this separation of church and state. The church should run the state. The church should dictate the terms of the state. I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty close to her exact words. You know, so this is what, you know, this is all out of the, this is all out of the closet now, if you want to use that term. Or another way to put it is it's all out of the basement. You know, I referred to this before. Richard Pryor, I think it was, I think I said it was the 70s, maybe it was the 80s, but he used to have this routine talking about fascists, Nazis, fascists, same thing, fascists, Nazis. Nazis were the particular fascists in Germany, but they're, you know, means the same thing. And he, he had this routine, we'd say, you know, brothers say, I ain't scared of no Nazi. Hey, Mr. Nazi. And Richard Pryor say, no, man, if you see a Nazi, you're going to be running as fast as you can. And then he goes on, he says, you know, they got all these people chained up down in the basement. He said, you don't want anything to do with those people. You don't want those people off their chains and out of the basement. And guess where they are? They're off their chains and out of the basement, you know, and they, and they have no intention of going back on their chains and back in the basement. So this is, you know, one section of the ruling class and one part of society aligned with them and, you know, following their leadership, you know, but in a, you know, mutually influencing relationship. It's not just the Republicans say you do this and then they do it. It's like, I mean, we'd have to go into more about Trump and everything, but just really quickly, 
Trump broke all the rules when he ran for president in 2015, 2016. You can't say bad things about John McCain. He's a war hero. Well, he did. They said, that's, that's be it. You can't, you can't do that. Guess what? He kept right on going. And he, he broke all the rules. You know, he openly called for people to be beat up, beaten up at his rallies and all this kind of stuff. He openly promoted violence. You know, and he said himself, I could murder somebody on Fifth Avenue in New York City, and all my supporters would still support me. And lo and behold, they have. You know, he hasn't quite murdered anybody yet on Fifth, uh, you know, Fifth Avenue. But, you know, he had the uh, Access Hollywood tape where, you know, he openly talked about sexually assaulting women. You know, well, you know, maybe for a day it was like, oh, you know, and I remember one of his supporters who became his press secretary, that Kaylee McEnany, you know, she did this whole routine. It's interesting to, th to see what her routine was in, in, in defending Trump. She said, we're all sinners in the eyes of God, but we've been washed in the blood of Jesus. So therefore, Trump, you know, will be forgiven. This is her line she ran out. This is Christian fascism, okay? That's what these people are. And, you know, that's all on one side, and that's heading toward a very bad place. But the, the reason why there's a positive potential here, it's not been realized yet. When I say something truly emancipating, that's the possibility which has to be seized on. But the reason I say that is because this is breaking down all the established norms of the system, all the ways in which people have been conditioned to go along with the system and believe that by playing by the rules, you know, things will work out all right. You know, the peaceful transfer of power. Well, we should understand, what is the peaceful transfer of power? It's the peaceful transfer of power from one section of the ruling class, represented by the Democrats, to the other section of the ruling class, now represented by the Republicans, or vice versa. Well, Trump, you know, even as early as the 2016 election, made clear he wasn't going to go along with that. And then in 2020, it took a whole other leap, you know, where he didn't go along with it. And, you know, and he came, as people point out, came very close to actually pulling off a coup and remaining in power not just with January 6th, but with the whole effort that he made. And still more is coming out about what was involved in this attempted coup. You know, and, and so this is all, you know, breaking down the norms of the system. And those norms have what conditioned people to, you know, to believe that you just go along with the way things are. You may not like how they're going now, but then you, next time you have a chance to vote. You know, and I see all these commentators coming on, you know, uh, and, and, you know, making good analysis of this Christian fundamentalism, although they won't call it Christian fascism. But then what do they end up saying? Well, you know, we have the power to stop this because we can vote. But look what's happening to the vote. You know, you have fascist officials in many of these states, you know, the crazy way the U.S. is set up as the United States of America, not a single country. I mean, it is a single country, but it's a country composed of different states, each of which has their own laws. You know, right now there's a bunch of states that are making legalizing marijuana, but for a long time, you know, there was hardly any. So, but you could go to a different state and smoke marijuana, you know, but then if you took it back over the border with you to another state, you'd be in big trouble. That's the craziness of this country, okay? Besides, you know, because they had all these different colonies in the, in the first place. Some of them were slave, based on slavery. Some of them had slaves, but they weren't so much based on slavery. And they had to figure out how to put it together. So they put it together as an amalgamation of states. And it took them a while, a couple of tries, to get even a, a strong federal central government. So, you know, with all, the reason I'm raising that is you've got all these different states 
where you got all these fascists in office now, including the crucial offices that oversee the elections. And you got legislatures controlled by Republicans in many states who are openly saying, if we don't like the results of the election, we'll just invalidate them. We'll say that they're no good and we'll just cast the, the, the electoral votes for whom we want to get in there. So even more than usual, I mean, voting in this, in this country is voting for one or another section of this, you know, horrendously oppressive ruling class anyway. But now it's even less meaningful, even more meaningless to vote when you have all these Republicans who are not even going to allow the election. I mean, 2020 was a, as some people have pointed out, a dress rehearsal, you know, and they're preparing if the election doesn't go the way they want to just, you know, talk about stop the steal. They're prepared to steal it in any case and to do it, quote unquote, legally by having the, the legislatures and the, you know, the, the uh, secretaries of state overseeing elections and the courts backing them up. Now, let's remember, if there's a dispute about what's legal or not, or what's constitutional or not, where does it go? To the courts. And where does it ultimately go? If, say, you go to one lower court, and then you go to an appeals court, and they overturn the lower court, where does it go then? To the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is controlled by fascists. That's who just rendered the, the verdict overturning Roe v. Wade, which had been nearly 50 years a constitutional right for the whole country. That's, you know, the ultimate decider now is the Supreme Court, and that's dominated by fascists. And that, you know, think about the effect of that ruling overturning Roe v. Wade and the shockwaves it sent and the way it angered people. Well, things like that are going to continue to happen. And that's going to shake up a lot of people and make them much more open to questioning what's going on here and why do things, uh, you know, falling apart and being torn apart like this and what's the answer to this? And that's where the revolutionaries come in and providing the answer in uniting with people in resisting outrages and struggling against oppression. But most of all, bringing to people the, the basic understanding of what is going on here and how this conflict in the society overall, including at the very top among the, the opposing sections of the ruling class, can provide openings for us to actually go at the whole system and, and, the, and holds the potential for the splitting apart of its dominant institutions, even the ones that carry out violent suppression of the people rising up. So this is what, this is what we mean when we say something terrible or something truly emancipating, but the truly emancipating has to come from us, has to come from the revolutionaries, it has to come from the people who catch hell under this system all the time, and it has to come from people who want justice in the world, even if they aren't catching the worst hell all the time. They have to wake up and recognize that their mission is not to get behind one section of the ruling class or another, and especially now to recognize and seize on the opportunity to put revolution on the map and then build on that, involving thousands and then ultimately millions of people to shake the whole society to its foundations and every institution in the society. And when, that, when those conditions ripen, then to go for the whole thing. Once again, that was the revolutionary leader, Bob Abakian, speaking on the Revolution Nothing Less show in an interview that Andy Z and myself did with him last fall. My name is Sansara Taylor. I am your guest host here today, once again, at the Michael Slate Show. We're going to take a short musical break and be right back. So don't think twice. We live in troubled times.
keep moving and we're going to bring you an excerpt of this uh, program and speaking tour and campaign that I've been part of called Woke Lunacy versus Real Revolution. And my uh, partner in crime, partner in truth-telling, really, Rafael Caderas, will introduce it. I'm here with Rafael Caderas, who's a member of the RNL, Revolution Nothing Less show crew and has been on tour giving a, a part of the program with Sansara Taylor on woke lunacy uh, versus real revolution. Welcome, Raf. Uh, thanks for having me, Andy. All right. So I think, we, you know, we're going to show tonight, I announced this earlier, some of the Q&A from that tour, but I think it'd be important to tell our audience some of why are we doing a tour at this moment against this woke lunacy and contrasting it with a real revolution? Yeah, well, I think if you've been watching this show, you've gotten a sense of, you know, the very serious situation in the world and the fact that it's intensifying and it, it's accelerating, you know, when it comes to the Republican fascists calling for civil war against their enemies or, you know, the environmental dis destruction of our planet, the, you know, the, the war proxy war that the U.S. is waging in, in Ukraine right now is very dangerous, could turn into a nuclear war. All the attacks on people's rights, on black people's rights, on immigrant rights, on women's rights being snatched away on LGBT people. And, you know, this is a time when students, intellectuals, young people in general need to be like, asking the biggest questions. Why are, why is this happening? What's it going to take to deal with this situation? You know, discussing and debating reform or revolution. Um, but what's dominant on these college campuses right now is this whole framework of woke identity politics, which is just shutting down that conversation. It has people, you know, focused on self, focused on their identity, not looking at the big picture, hiding from reality and, you know, with safe spaces and trigger warnings and canceling each other instead of canceling the system. So this is a big problem and it's a big obstacle to the revolution we need. This is something that Baba Vakin has been calling out for years and writing one article after another about this. But this is something that uh, Sansara Taylor, myself, other Revcoms have, you know, are now launching a major campaign in the public square to take this on and to challenge students to break out of that whole framework and, and get into this revolution. You know, I mean, I, I understand um, or I, I can see, you know, why people uh, want to do something about microaggressions and stuff like that. No one should tolerate it when people are racist or sexist to them. But we got to look at the big picture. You know, we got to look at the, the macro situation that humanity faces. So this is what this tour is. Not just taking on this woke identity politics framework, which we are exposing it, demolishing it, dissecting it from many angles, but also lifting people's sights to a whole different way to understand, to radically change the world, and to, re to relate to each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing I want to say, uh, I think it's important for, but to really, for, we're going to get to some of the Q&A, which I want you to introduce, but um, you need to go back two episodes ago, I think, maybe it's three, and watch Sansara's whole speech. And then and I think last week we went into more of the Q&A because it's, it's, it's very rich, uh, exactly what you were just saying. But why don't you set up what people are going to see uh, tonight? Yeah, so the UCLA event was really exciting. There were 125 people there, students, professors, and others. Um, Sansara gave a very powerful speech 
Um, some wokesters actually came and tried to disrupt it. She then invited them to come and, you know, wait for the Q&A and raise their questions, but they just walked out. Um, but there were a lot of people who also just came to, to hear the argument and to raise thoughtful questions. We'll hear one of those in a minute. But the first question was from a pro-Trump Christian fundamentalist uh, MAGA student. So he was part of a group of, of them that came. So let's watch. My question is, how does abortion liberate women when the vast majority of abortions are done in order to further their careers or education, used just to get careers and be enslaved by corporations, or be slaves to their sexual urges, like the sex work supporters that you mentioned, in place of the slavery that you're talking about? That's a fabulous question. Um, I'm trying to remember your question. I just uh, did not like, okay, what? How does abortion help women? It means that women are not chattel. They're not baby making machines. They're not incubators. They're full human beings. And being a full human being, sexuality is part of that. Being a parent, if you choose to be, is a part of that. It can be a beautiful part of it if you want to be. But being forced to have a child against your will is like being forced to have sex against your will. It's akin to being rape. It is violent control over a woman's body and her life by a patriarchal male-dominated society. And a woman should have the right to an abortion on demand without apology for any reason she chooses. And I will add, and I will add, hold on, hold on, you want me to answer? I will rape add. Rape is not the only cause. What? Rape is not the no, only no, no. cost for women to get Okay, please, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. The vast majority of abortions are not caused by rape. I, I didn't claim that. I know maybe you're nervous and you didn't hear me fully. I said forcing a woman. No, seriously, forcing a woman to have a child against her will is akin to rape. Is akin to rape. It's violent control of women. I did not say most abortions are caused by rape. Most abortions are caused because a woman is pregnant and doesn't want to be. And I will tell you, there are many. Hold on, hold on. There are many, many. Okay, I'm sorry. There are many, many good reasons to have a child, but being pregnant is not one of them. Being pregnant is not a good reason to have a child. Having your birth control fail is a stupid reason to have a child. Being horny and hooking up with somebody is not a sin, it's not enslavement, and it's not a good reason to have a child. Hello. So my first question is, why do you think wokeism, whatever you want to call it, uh, became the dominant way of thinking about these issues? Mm -hmm. compared to you know something else was it just luck or was there something inevitable about you know yeah. wokeism that uh or yeah was there something inherent in wokeism that kind of just made it inevitable mm -hmm. uh and then my second question is what is your guys's take on artificial intelligence and its its impact like has it had any change and has it caused any change in the way that you think about your movement at all because it's, it's going to kill a lot of jobs <laughs> that's true um so uh on ai i am going to say if anybody wants to we should do a salon and a chat sometime about it we could have an open space we could do a zoom we could find a way to explore it i'd love to hear people's thinking on it we are also processing how to understand this there's a lot of learning going on in this i'm not prepared to make a global statement about it, except that 
it is a profound change that we have to learn more about. Um, on your other question about why is wokeism the dominant form of, of thinking and accommodation among the decent people? Was it inevitable? Where did it come from? Was it accident? I think it was neither total accident nor was it inevitable. Um, but I think there are at least two major, two, maybe three, or maybe two major reasons I could point to. One is that there has been, for quite some time, a rejection of, and it, it corresponds with the defeat of revolutions in the last, in the, in the first stage of communist revolutions and of the revolutionary upsurges of the 1960s here and around the world. When those were defeated and people's sights were lowered, one of the things that people reached for instead and that got institutionalized in academia and in other places is a lot of relativism, identity politics, and postmodernism, which is, again, anti-scientific and anti-revolutionary. And this got, somebody shouted out, and I don't know where they're coming from, but they said it got institutional backing. It did. It's not the only thing that got institutional backing. So did a lot of really like right-wing fascist things. But this also got institutional backing. And so this has been the indoctrinated outlook for, for several generations now of, of you proceed from your identity, you proceed from you, standpoint epistemology, everybody has their own truth, there's no objective reality, or maybe there is, but you can never know it objectively. So all of this has been brewing, and then um, it combines with just the tremendous, profound parasitism of this country that feasts on and sits on the people of the world. I talk about where our clothes are made, where our food comes from, where the coltan in our cell phones come from, where it's assembled. This is global networks of exploitation and oppression. And you're sitting atop the food chain in this country. And you might care, and you might want to do something about it, but you're pretty comfortable. And doing something about it means you have to go up against real things. You have to struggle. You have to sacrifice. You have to put it on the line. And so this became a very, very convenient way of saying, I'm doing something, I'm changing words, I'm changing my tiny space. But you're sitting there cushioned and, and, and hiding from the larger things. So there's a lot of American chauvinism, a lot of American parasitism, a lot of American privilege, which is also why the wokesters never talk about American privilege and never fight against it. So this is, but it's, it, so these are two big things that came together. And I guess the third I will say is that we are now, especially in this time of rapid change, of, as he said, uh, pre-Civil War conditions in this country, of the country ripping apart in major ways, of major laws and changes in society. The, the fascists are armed to the teeth and preparing for and hungering for a civil war and a purge of all those that they deem subhuman. Black people, immigrants, women who are uppity, LGBT people, trans people, they're speaking in genocidal terms, and they're deadly serious. And in the face of that, there's an even greater freak out among the decent when they don't have the scientific tools they need, and they don't know that there is actually a different way the world could be. They don't know about the revolutionary way out. They don't know about the new society that's possible. They don't know about the revolutionary leader, Bob Avakin, who spent 50 years forging this science and putting himself to figuring out how we could actually win a revolution, what we would replace this with, learning from the past struggles to do better, including the approach to science. And so they don't know this, so they are even more freaking out and, and, and getting this, you know, I described the dynamic where the more that the fascists lash out, the more the wokesters freak out and, and get more and more fanatical and the decent people get silent in the middle. But we have to change that. 
And I think right now, and I don't know how much longer we want to go, but I want to say right now, it is not only extremely destructive, the fascists love this woke They love the way the decent people are cannibalizing each other and are soft prey, easy kill. Steve King, the fascist former congressman from Iowa, Bob Avakian quoted him in a tweet. He said, look, a lot of people are talking about civil war these days. Well, one side has eight trillion bullets and the other side can't figure out what bathroom to use. Now that has a lot of anti-trans slander that's up. But unfortunately, there's too much truth to it too. Where our side is, is caught up in a lot of in, like bullshit, easy prey, easy kill. And we have to change this. We have to change this rapidly. And I believe not only is there a heightened need, but in this time of great convulsive change, when a lot of questions are being forced upon people, we have the opportunity to change this rapidly. And that's what we're trying to do with this speaking tour. We're trying to take it on head on not just on this campus and then another campus and then another campus. We want this to become a poll in society for all the people who feel sad on and who really want to know a way out. And we want to fight to spread this tour, to spread the news of this revolution, to spread this is a whole breakdown of what the revolution's about and the mechanism for making it. And on the back, it has these resources. This needs to get out by the millions. And everybody here needs to play a role in it. Learning, spreading it. It says. Watch the interviews we did with Bob Avakian. You've never seen a revolutionary leader like this. The heart, the humanity, the humor, the hardcore determination to make a revolution, the farsightedness, the vision. This is an incredible interview. Watch it. it. Says about who he is. Get with the Revolution Club. It has connecting material. This We have to take this everywhere, and we have to take this tour everywhere, because there's a moment where when the rulers are divided, we could actually have a go at bringing forward the people to bring this system down. And so that's, you asked about wokeism and what led to it, and I'm describing that, but I'm also saying the very conditions that led wokeism to go kind of out of control hysterical right now, both require and make possible, those same conditions make possible this revolution growing in a out of control way too, but only if we fight for it now. So that's my challenge to everybody here. All right, so we've been playing that question and answer. We played the speech a few weeks ago. That is woke lunacy versus real revolution, and you are listening to The Michael Slate Show. We've got one more important segment to bring you, one more important conversation. Lenny Wolf and Michelle Chai getting ready for the most, uh, probably ranks as the highest and most grotesque holiday in this country, a holiday of celebration of America, July 4th, the high holy holiday of patriotism and jingoism and American chauvinism, and really what this country stands for, what it has always represented, what it has always brought to the people of the world and to oppressed people here has been exploitation, oppression, white supremacy, slavery, genocide, war, invasions, coups, and all of this is not a betrayal of the fundamental principles of this country and its constitution. All of this is at the core of it. But don't take my word. Let's listen to Lenny Wolf and Michelle Chai, including how they see celebrating this holiday this year. Hi, I'm Lenny Wolf, and I'm here with Michelle Chai, and we're going to tell you about July 4th. July 4th? Yeah, you know, that day that you celebrate or you're told to celebrate the birth of the land of the thief and the home of the slave, the greatness of the number one exploiter in the whole history of the world, the number one 
plunderer of the environment that's ever been on the planet. Look, maybe you don't get out there in the parades, but you get the lawn chair out or you do a barbecue or you watch the Dodger game or you shoot off your gun late at night or set off fireworks or watch the fireworks. Not this year. Stuff is too heavy what's going down. And we have something different we're doing on the 4th. We're providing a way to actually go against this system and to get ready for the revolution we need and could actually have a chance at making in these next few years. That's right. On July 4th, we, the RefComs, are going to Philly. And the centerpiece of July 4th is going to be a rally in front of Constitution Hall, right? Um, which is supposed to be the national symbol um, for the birth of America, right? And we're, you know, we're calling on you to be part of this, right? Because in this day, there's actually an opportunity for you to be part of something radically different, right? To be part of working on this rare moment that Andy Z was just getting into, right? And where there are real splits at the top, where even what we're seeing this week around the indictment of Trump and what's being unleashed by these fascists. And don't tell me you don't care because you do, you know, the decent people that are agonizing over this, that are desperately clinging on to these norms that think that things are just going to smooth over and we're going to go back to normal. No, these fascists are going for the future. And what we're going to be acting on on July 4th is to take the stage, to put this revolution in front of thousands of people, letting them know that there is a way to act to actually bring into being something radically emancipating, right? To bring into being a whole different society through an actual revolution. You know, it's interesting. You talked about the decent people that we do have to reach and also have to struggle with. A lot of the norms, you said the normal way of doing things they cling to are embodied in the U.S. Constitution. So part of the struggle we're going to need to wage with people is about what is the real character of that constitution? What is the system that that constitution protects and sets a foundation for? What are the limitations? And we're going to be using Bob Avakian's piece on an exploiter's vision of freedom. We're going to be giving talks. We're going to be struggling with people and debating people. And we are going to be posing that up against this constitution. As you said, the constitution for the new socialist republic in North America. We're going to be going out in the days before July 4th and promoting um, this declaration, we are the Revcoms. And we're going to be focusing in on on the uh, center spread in that page. And we're going to especially talk about these points that this revolution has to abolish this system with all its oppressive institutions and its governing U.S. Constitution, a document written by and fundamentally serving the interests of slave-owning and capitalist exploiters from the founding of this country down to today, a document that restricts the notion of freedom to what is possible within the killing confines of this system of brutal exploitation and murderous oppression. And we're going to be talking about and getting into with people in a really um, special and important ways, this constitution, as Michelle was talking about. But why, why do you want people to go to Philadelphia? Two questions. Why do you want people to go to Philadelphia? 
And what else is going to be happening around the country and other places? I've been learning, you know, some history around what this, uh, you know, what the big deal around like this Constitution Hall, right? It, it is where um, the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence were debated and signed. Right. And and then I and then I was looking deeper and I actually learned about like how on the second floor of that building there was like trials, right? This Fugitive Slave Act, right? That actually made it legal um, for for people to to kidnap free, you know, free uh, black people, right? And claim that they were runaway slaves and put them on trial, right? And it actually reminded me of like, you know, the when I first uh, came into the revolution, right? I was pretty ignorant of a lot of this history, right? And even learning in school, about slavery, you didn't get taught the mon the monstrous history of this, right? Um, you were taught that they, you know, had a roof over their head, they had food, you know, on their table, you know, that this is how they were kept, right? But you think about like even kidnapping and like and 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 putting these people on trial just because they're black, right? This is the whole ugly history of this country, and people have to learn, right, what the history of this country is. And on this day, when people are mindlessly waving that American flag, right? When people are, are still believe that we can use this constitution that was literally written into it, right? That black people were three-fifths human being, you know? This is what, what uh, you know, people actually, you know, have to understand and learn to hate what this country is about and actually learn about that there is a whole different way that we can live, you know? That, that we have a shot at this right now, right? Why Philly? Because we're going to grab the national spotlight. We're going to put this revolution before thousands of people. And if you're sick and tired of living in a world where people are treated as less than human and you're coming to understand the whole ugly history of this country, then you got to be there with us. And wherever you are, from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast, you got to, you know, grab a bunch of these We Are the RevCons proclamation, get out to the beaches, to the parks, everywhere where people are gathering and bring this hope on a scientific basis to people who are agonizing and those who are not agonizing, pull their heads out the sand, struggle with them to really confront what the danger of this situation is and also the possibility and what we can actually wrench through an actual revolution. So be there, be there with Michelle, Constitution Hall, Independence Hall, whatever they call it, it's the birthplace of this system that's been a monstrosity on the backs of the people for almost 250 years now we've got to overturn it we've got to bring a new system in that will enable humanity to flourish if you're in new york on july 2nd i'm going to be getting a lot deeper into this at revolution books i invite everybody on the east coast make a weekend of it come down to new york stay over Go out among the people on July 3rd, then drive down to Philadelphia with Michelle and everybody else and put this country on notice. There's a new force with a new plan and a new solution that's going to be out there in Philadelphia that day. Okay, beautiful people. You have been listening to The Michael Slate Show. I am so happy to have been able to share all of this with you today. We've got such an intense, intense, uh, pivotal time in history we're living through. There's never enough time to cover it all, but I think I've brought you some really crucial dimensions for us all to be thinking about. I can't wait to be back with you next week. Until then, remember, the problem is not human nature. It is the nature of the system. 
Through a real revolution, a better world is possible. My name is Sansara Taylor. I'll talk to you next week. Trying to look past this thing that's between us Wondering when all this anger will fade The stars look the same from where we are standing Why can't we fix this mess we've made? Let's not forget that our fates are as one Just because we feel numb and betrayed There is love, there must be Something good, something strong between you and me There is hope, we must try If we don't, we'll regret it the rest of our lives Side by side, forever You and me, we are stronger together Hoping to find a path to forgiveness Knowing that pride always gets in the way We all want a place where it's safe to be human The welcome embrace of a brand new day Let's not allow what we have to be lost Just because of what someone might say There is love, there must be Something good, something strong between you